You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Tuesday edition of Mackie and Judd, which might turn into a quarantine Wednesday edition and maybe even a quarantine Thursday, Friday edition. We're not sure, but we'll explain it all to you. We're going to talk about uh, Judd's Saturday Couch Ventures, where he scouted future Vikings quarterbacks and other things. But a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company, because Federated has been helping business owners for over 100 years in Owatonna, Minnesota, based in Owatonna. They are one of us. And uh, not only have they been helping business owners, they've also been helping hospital workers and uh, essential workers throughout this pandemic period. They've actually donated 18,000 N95 respirator masks to Owatonna Hospital and several outdoor blue lights for the Owatonna Clinic building. Federated insurance employees are donating their time, talent, and financial resources to help our communities. And team members have produced masks and face shields for healthcare workers and first responders and caregivers over the last several months. So uh, that is the community-first spirit you get with Federated, and they also put your business first as well. Federatedinsurance.com to find out more. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, Declan, who'd you get it from? Who'd you get it from? Declan's got the vid. I do. Declan's Declan's the first one to to fall victim to the vid on the show here, at least that we know of. I mean, it's possible Judd and I have already had it, but we don't know. Yeah, so I uh, on Sunday I, I noticed that I didn't I didn't do any drinking on Saturday, and you guys know how much that I love to drink on the weekends. So on I took it easy on Saturday. I watched the Gopher game. Gopher game didn't even make me drink. I thought it was great. Uh, so I went home, got in bed at a normal hour, and I woke up on Sunday with a pretty kicking hangover or a headache, not hangover, headache and wow. fever. And I noticed that I had a little bit of tightness in my chest. So I figured, all right, you know what? I'm gonna go just get a COVID test. I knew someone of two weeks ago who tested positive that I was near. So I figured, all right, it's been almost two weeks and I know symptoms can take like two to 14 days to kick in. But I figured through the first 10, 11 days, I didn't feel anything. So I, I, I thought I was all right. But then on Sunday, I wasn't feeling great. So I went and did the new saliva-based test, which I don't have to get my brain swabbed, which was nice. So I just, just spit in a valve five, six times at this place in Brooklyn Park. And I uh, got my results back last night on Monday evening. And it turns out I tested positive for COVID. So... Two week quarantine here at uh, at at the uh, Casa de Declan Golf here in the North Loop, and it's going to be a, a fun time being alone in isolation for the next two weeks. And hopefully, you two dudes uh, are negative, so we don't have to be completely quarantined uh, for two weeks here. Really Our- excited for the, so the saliva. Judd and I are going to go do saliva tests, not together. We're, no, we, no, we know no. we know we know each other pretty well. Yeah, right no, now. very well, separately. Well, I, was, I was telling Judd pre-show. So the way I have it set up, it's like a six foot. T- it's an old Office Max building, so it's a humongous, socially distanced space building. I'll get some staplers too. Yeah, you can get some staplers. Reporters' notebooks always great. Yeah, <laughs> paper clips and uh, but the tables are six feet apart, so there's actually someone at the other end of the table while you're doing it. So I, you never know. Maybe if you two wound up together, you could be just looking each other's eyes. Wait, and what? Getting into a valve. You you are socially you're at a table, 
So you walk in and there's like 26 tables set up. They're about 10 feet. They're like 10 feet long tables. And one person's on one end and one person's on the other end. And you follow so these you're directions. Just, you're just sitting across from somebody else spitting into some sort of a... What, uh, like, uh, some uh, sort of a... Mm-hmm. Welcome to 2020, gentlemen. It's either, it's <laughs> it sounds either, very on brand to me. It's either that or a, a brain swab. So you got you got options. Yeah. So I I prefer the spit. So go, go spit and then vote. It's the perfect combination. 2020, <laughs> amazing. So uh, so yeah, if you're wondering, so we're not going to have at least for the next couple of days, and then we'll sort of see what happens. But we're uh, we're all doing the show from home, and we're not going to have some of the normal bells and whistles and button bars that you have grown accustomed to. So. Any type of reckless speculation that happens while we're doing the quarantine version of Mackie and Judd, uh, we're just going to have to use our imaginations. Or we can maybe we can bring it's Manny bad. Hill, Manny reckless Hill, in just speculation, yeah, just for the voiceover. But uh, so Declan, Declan has the vid, and Judd and I are trying to avoid the vid. But uh, technology, we can still do the show from home. It's great. And Judd, uh, and so I, so I unplugged for a few days, got some hiking in. I did watch a little bit of college football on Saturday, but it sounds like you went on a specific mission on Saturday that we should tell the audience about. I went on a mission that, so here's my goal now, because there's two ways to look at the Vikings being a terrible team, right? The first is I'm just going to check out, but that's no fun. Like you don't want to check out, right? So what you want to do now is set up football not life, football goals for how you can enjoy your weekend while the Vikings stink, but it still involves a ton of, of football. Number one, I found Saturday, scouting quarterbacks. This is great. Like there is now a reason to watch and to be really engaged in college football games. Um, I've seen Lawrence play a couple times for Clemson, yeah. but on Saturday, specifically with the Big Ten starting, it was uh, Justin Fields day. So I watched... Basically, and I'm not joking, the entire Nebraska-Ohio State game, and I watched Fields play um, very, very closely, and it was great. When's the last time in this town, and I'm, I'm honestly, no BS, being serious here. When's the last time in this town, Phil Mackey, that we could sit down and really closely watch and scout not just college football, but top players in anticipation that at least there is an off chance, an off chance that the Minnesota Vikings could be in line to draft a top quarterback. It was fun. It's been almost 10 years. I do remember watching Stanford games in like 2010, 2011, a little, because you could see the wheels coming off. Brett Favre was old in 2010. And then 2011, they tried the Donovan McNabb thing. But, but even then, like, correct me if I'm wrong, they had already drafted Christian Ponder and then the next year, Andrew Luck was available in the first round of the draft. So even going into the Andrew Luck draft, the Vikings were bad, but it, but it kind of felt like, well, they already made their pick and this you know, sort of underwhelming and that they drafted Christian Ponder and they stretched for him. But even going into the Ponder draft, the guys in that draft, remind me, it was it was Blake Bortles, Blaine Gabbert, Jake Locker. The Ponder draft, yes. Ponder. And then yeah. later on, Kaepernick and Andy Dalton went in like the second round. And so even going into that draft, you kind of knew the Vikings were in the market for a quarterback, but none of them were super franchise-changing, exciting guys that you were going to watch on Saturday. You weren't going to like sit down and watch a Florida State game to watch Christian Ponder in 2010. I'm sorry. So that draft started with um, the, the early analysis uh, the year before that college football season began was, I believe, I think in the mock drafts the April before the draft. I think Bortles had risen to the top pick. 
And at that point, you're, you're like, this Blake Bortles must be great. But as I, I recall, he was one of the first QBs who got exposed um, because this is when college was very much transitioning to a style of, of offense that made quarterbacks who were okay look great. And so by the time that draft came around, it was basically, uh, well, Blake is okay. I think the the thing on Locker, who had a lot of pre-draft buildup, was accuracy problems eventually became a, a problem. But you're right. The difference now is I think we're watching potentially at least two quarterbacks here who could be franchise-changing really special. And that's the point, though. Saturdays now, if you're a Vikings fan, you tell your your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend, I'm sorry, I'm not only not going to check out on football, I am more engaged than ever. Saturdays are now for scouting. This is what's going to make it fun. <laughs> Saturdays so you, are for scouting. So there are no apple the orchard. There are no apple orchard trips. There are no <laughs> there are no no drives to look at leaves. What about the pumpkin I, patches? No, they're out because you're scouting now. I'm telling you that I'm giving you ways to be more involved in to um, your passion for football can be dealt with now more than ever by scouting for who you want to be the Vikings quarterback Same. starting in 2021. So, sorry, so, hun, sorry, honey. Can't rake the leaves. Yeah. Ohio State's playing. Forget Saturdays are for the boys. Saturdays are now for scouting. Saturdays are for scouting. That's how Vikings fans have to think now. I'm giving you a reason to engage even more than ever. So I want at at some point here, I want to put you on the spot. I want I want your key Judd Zolgad observations from Justin Fields. Okay, I don't know if you have three or five, but I want to get to those in a second. But I need some clarification here. I did see. I think it was the first touchdown pass, Justin. Maybe it was. It was early in the game. I just saw a clip on social media. Oh, yeah. And and I need some help in that he takes the snap, he drops back, and the left guard gets bulldozed backwards about six yards, okay? And at that, so that, you know, mentally, I'm watching that thinking, oh, the play's over, right? Yeah, like, it, it's a rule in football, at least when you watch the Vikings, when your left guard gets bulldozed back or your right guard gets bulldozed back, there isn't anything you can possibly do as a highly paid quarterback to escape the pressure and make a play, right? And Justin Fields took one, what I would presume to be illegal step to his right, kept the play alive, and found a receiver in the end zone for a touchdown. And I'm just wondering, is that something that we can clear with the NFL rules officials to make sure that the Vikings are indeed allowed to do the same thing with their quarterback? Is it legal to move a step out of the way of an offensive lineman that's getting bulldozed and still make a play? Here's the thing I didn't like. The one thing I didn't like about that play was that Field seemed to keep his uh, calm and composure. That's oh, you, can't, right. you cannot not, have that. You are supposed to drop to the ground crying, okay? You're, you're supposed to drop to the – I mean, he just shuffled. It was like, oh, no big deal. That's a bunch of BS. I mean, that young man has a lot to learn about how to panic, okay? Yeah, if you're going to be a Vikings quarterback, you cannot maintain your poise in that situation, okay? In, so. in fact, In fact, the best thing in that case, just drop the ball. Agreed. Or hang it out to dry recklessly and let someone swat it out of your hand. That's another option, too, in that spot. Either one works yes, if you, you want to be a Vikings quarterback. You are absolutely correct about that play. That is, we, we all saw that and thought, oh, my God, this looks like it. That was really effective. So, okay, so as you're sitting there and you're, and you're putting your Vikings scouting hat on and you're watching Ohio State and you're watching Justin Fields, what stood out to you when you were envisioning this guy wearing a purple uniform uh, what are the things that stood out to you, Scout Judd Zolgat? I think I, I believe I tweeted this, and I think I tweeted three things, and I forget exactly what they were, but they had to do with arm strength. 
he put the, the throw that you're talking about, forget the footwork, was a gorgeous throw. Dude, I mean, it was a rope. Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely perfect. And look, on Kirk's best day, he can make that throw too. But for a college kid to make that throw, you say, whoa, okay. So that was one thing I saw for sure. One of the most important things, though, that I tweeted out, and I, I said there's, there's a big difference between the word I'm about to use and the word that you're associating it with, was I used the term footwork. And what I said was, this is not speed. Like, he's a fast kid. I get that. But I don't care about speed. A lot of guys ha- can have speed. And guess what? If you are if you go from being a speedy, effective college QB and you get to the pros, defenses have ways to stop you, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. footwork is absolutely key. And the play, Phil, to go back to the touchdown pass that you were talking about before, that to me is footwork. It is the ability to scramble if you have to, but your first instinct should not be, oh my God, I have to run. Your first instinct should be, oh my God, I have to shuffle and look yes. and continue to go through my progressions, right? That's what Kirk cannot do. Fields did that. And I I don't know that that is something that can necessarily be taught really well. I think it's instinct. And I think it comes uh, part and parcel of being good at that job, which is a very tough job. So that my most important takeaway was his operational skills in the pocket uh, before he even takes off and runs were really, really impressive. And I I came away from watching that game thinking that the gap between Lawrence and Fields is probably closer than I thought it was when I sat down three hours before that to begin my scouting mission. He's a he's a big dude. Like he he kind of reminds me. Well, he he definitely reminds me size wise of Dante, and that he's he's like six two six three. He's listed at like two twenty five, but might be more like two. It's, Dante was like two fifty or something. He's a linebacker. But he also kind of reminds me a little bit of early career before he lost mobility, Ben Roethlisberger, where he's just like he's just sort of this hulking presence when he takes the snap and he's not just going to go down. Part of what bothers me about Kirk is like if a defensive lineman puts a hand on him, you know, he's probably going to go down like he's Mm -hmm. not he's not going to fend off a sack. I mean, there was a play, you know, speaking of the Ben Roethlisberger comparison, I don't know if you guys saw that play yesterday against the Titans or on, on Sunday, I should say, against the Titans. And he's like in the grasp. He's he's trying to run away, but he has no legs anymore. And he just like Brett Favre, he uses his left hand to like backhand end over end a pass to a receiver. And 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 Fields sort of strikes me as a guy that's going to be really hard to bring down. Uh, not only because of his size, but he's also more mobile. I, I wouldn't put him anywhere near like the Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson mobility range. Or he, I, I don't even think he's as mobile as a Mitch Trubisky. But he appears very much able to use his footwork and mobility to keep plays alive and 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 even improvise after maybe the routes have run their course. And uh, and that's going to be a breath of fresh air if the Vikings could get somebody who can do that. 6'3", 227. Okay. So that's really good good size. But, yeah, see, I think I, I know that being able to move and run and pick up yards in that way is important now in football. I totally get that. Um, But I think we fall too in love with that initially. And I think what you just described is far more important to me, which is do you have pocket awareness, right? And do you have the ability to use your your, um, um, speed to actually just move around and your smarts? And that's, that's, to me, that's the starting point. Because if you're just fast, I don't care. I need you to understand what you're doing. And Fields, to me, looks like he has a really good understanding. Um, 
Culpepper took time because I don't think that that Dante was anywhere near prepared to play, which, which is what why he didn't initially when he got to the league. And it still took him some time once he got the starting job to adjust. Fields, to me, just off off that game uh, against Nebraska, seems like he's far more prepared to play right now. Uh, I'm not trying to say that he would step in opening day of 2021 and be a star, but I think he has the attributes and I think he has the understanding of the game itself where it wouldn't be a train wreck either. Yeah. The, the only argument is, and it's not his fault, but like Ohio State quarterbacks have tended to not work out in the NFL. Am I missing? I, is there a star Ohio State quarterback in the NFL at any point in the last 20 years? Well, mm. Dwayne Haskins certainly has not worked out well, no. <laughs> and, and that continues to get worse. Um, Troy Smith wasn't great. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I really don't think there has I think, I think That wouldn't right. prevent me from drafting him by any means, but I don't know if there's just something in the something in the way that they operate that makes quarterbacks. I mean, they have such, they have NFL talent up and down. And so it, it obviously elevates quarterbacks. And oftentimes they're playing against weak big 10 opponents that allow you to score 50 points without really. I don't know who those teams, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but I, but I still go to be clear. I still go. Lawrence is one to me. He's one Fields is good, but Lawrence is one. Fields is two, and then I think we, we get into the whole uh, Trey Lance, the kid from BYU discussion. Those guys are at, but but I think it's a very clear right now, probably one and two. The BYU kid is going to be tough, too, because their schedule, I mean, they're playing teams where it's harder to, to judge as well. Um, but if I, if I had the top pick, I'm taking Lawrence with that pick. And I will say this again for everybody who says, well, the Jets are going to take him. If I'm the Trevor Lawrence camp, I am not playing for the Jets, and I'm telling the Jets that. I'm saying, you you can draft me. He will never play for you. How would that work? So how did it work with Eli? So Eli told the Chargers, I ain't going to play for you. Yeah. And the Chargers yeah. selected him anyways, but then they worked out a trade. And they, actually, the Chargers, didn't the Chargers get Phillip Rivers yes. and Sean Merriman? Uh, they or was it a different? I forget who they got, but they I think the team. They got Phillip Rivers. Yeah, but they definitely switched picks. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I the Jets don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. And, and I would, if I was an agent or if I was the Lawrence camp, my argument would be very simple. You have ruined Darnold. Like, we have no idea. Sam Darnold, every time he plays a game for that team, gets worse and worse and progressively worse, right? And we have no idea if that guy had a chance to be good or not. Like, he could stink. I don't know. But I will say this, the Jets deserve to be blamed. And and why would you want to put yourself on that team in that environment? And the problem with the Jets is it starts from the top down. Like they can fire gays, okay? But they're owned by people that are terrible. Like they don't they're from the top down, they are a disaster. Why would you yeah. if you are a quarterback who you know is going to be thrown in immediately? And by the way, this is your career, right? Like this is the next 10 to hopefully maybe 10, 12, 15 years of your life. What interest would you have of playing for a franchise that appears very intent on trying to ruin guys within the first three to four years? Right, I would of course, say I'm not playing for you. And like the Jets would say, well, listen, I mean, we, with the, part of the reason why we're garbage is because we haven't hit on the right quarterback yet. But everybody was saying that, Sam, for the most part, that Sam Darnold was going to be, it, you know, if maybe not like a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady level star, but was going to be a franchise quarterback. 
And for him to be so much less than that and to be one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, I think speaks volumes about the Jets. But I would be curious to know how that would happen. Like, could he could he just come out flat out after the college football season's over and say, listen, uh, once we know that the Jets go one in 15, could he just say, I'm not going to play for you. And so, you know, figure it out. That means you have to draft Justin Fields or could it put wheels in motion for a trade? Um, in a team like the Vikings. Here, here's the most amazing thing. So tankathon.com, 2001 NFL draft order. For as much great work as the Vikings have put in in this tank for Trevor and fail for Fields campaign, I mean, they are doing work. They're one in five. They've already traded Unique and Gakway to make their defense worse. Uh, there's rumors that they might, and we're going to talk about this on Purple Daily today, there's rumors that they might trade Harrison Smith. And Adam Thielen's name has been floated. So the Vikings are doing the necessary work to get as high up in the draft as possible to this point. All right. And there are still five teams with worse records than the Vikings. The Jets are 0-7. The Giants, the Jaguars, the Falcons, and the Dolphins via Houston's record mm-hmm. are all 1-6 and right now. Uh, Cincinnati is 1-5-1. and And so the Vikings have the edge on them. But I just find it pretty amazing. Like, in, of course... In this year in which the Vikings are destined, they're one and five. They're probably destined to make a couple more trades and to possibly go like three and 13. And there might legitimately be an 0 and 16 team and a couple other teams, if not more, with worse records at the end of the year. The National Football League has never been worse. And that is saying something because I'm the, the guy who has harped on, on the, the whole this uh, parody is is bad teams i mean you've had bad teams for a long time i have never seen a collection phil of this many putrid teams i watched the bears last night okay um it was like i thought five and one i said this last week they're going to the playoffs and i said this last week i said the bears are now in my top 10 because they're five and one that there's something i didn't see here right i watched them last night i tell you what i saw nothing they are awful. They are putrid. Matt Nagy is Brad Childress, too, as far as offensive construction goes. Um, but the, the one thing that Lawrence can do is I think he's a junior, so he could actually threaten to go back to school. I don't think he wants to. I don't think he will. But I'm I'm just saying I think the intrigue for a team like the Vikings that gets added to this is if the Lawrence camp says he's not playing for the Jets, the, the Jets at least have to entertain the possibility that he's not lying. So if you're the Vikings or a team that's bad, and again, close to where the Jets are going to draft, not the top pick, but let's say top five, top six pick, it becomes at least an intriguing discussion of what would you give the Jets to get that pick to take a guy like Trevor Lawrence. And that's why I think it's imperative that the Vikings need through the next week until the trade deadline, the Vikings need to get either another first round pick or a second round pick. Because right now, I don't know that you can move up, especially if other teams want to move up. Like, let's say you pick six and you want to get to number one or you want to get to number two, and you're going to try and do it without an additional first-round pick and without a second-round pick, and you're going to start like you're going to start the negotiation with third-round picks. If I'm a GM, I'm saying, sorry, guys, there's a bunch of other teams that are quarterback needy and desperate too, and they would gladly, they would gladly give us an additional first-round pick or a second-round pick. Um, and obviously, you could look into the future, and you could trade next year's first-round pick. But you're going to need that too if you're going into a rebuild mode here. If you're if you put it this way, if you're in the market to draft a quarterback high up in the first round, you are in a rebuild. And and if you're gonna if you're gonna mortgage everything 
if you're going to mortgage next year's first round pick and you're not going to wind up getting an extra first round pick or second round pick this year. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, that's a separate conversation about what could you get for some of the players on the roster, but that would be my thinking right now is how can I get as many assets as I need to so that if I do finish like four and 12 and have to move up five picks, I can do so. I love what you're thinking right now. I absolutely love this. So what I would give up, I think they have to get a second round pick. I think they have to get, I think they have to get the Ngakwe pick back. I think if you, if I could get up to one and take Lawrence, I think what I offer up is I switch first round picks in 2020. If I can get Trevor Lawrence, I'm willing to trade you my 2021 first. Okay. He, I think he's the only guy of quarterback list that I would say that for, but then I think you're right. I, I think you have to also throw in probably your second round pick this year. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know that you have to get another first round pick for 2020. I think you're spot on. I think you have to find a way uh, by next Tuesday to get a second round pick back because if you go in without a second round pick in 2020, I think attempting to trade up, which by the way, you have to consider at least consider doing. I think that becomes really, really difficult if to your point, your starting point is to say, well, yeah, but I got a third round pick. Oh, look, yeah. I got eight seventh round picks, guys. Don't you want a seventh round pick? Okay, no, I don't. Let me ask you this. Uh, we'll start with Declan on this one. All right. So, cause Declan put out on the score North account, I think it was yesterday, the latest tank for uh, Trevor fail for fields. Well, where, what would the Vikings be drafting right now? According to tankathon. And it's neither of those guys because those guys are gone off the board by the time the sixth pick comes around. So right now, according to tankathon.com, the Vikings would be drafting Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State, that I think we would love to see more of if they played more games this year, but they don't. And so we're sort of just left. I think his value is only going to drop, but then it might come back. Like if there's a combine and he flashes or a pro day or something, you know, he can he can revive his value. But my question to you guys is, if it's Trey Lance and he is basically, um, I, I'm not saying he's the same player, but mobility and arm, Let's say he's Carson Wentz. Do you guys feel like Trey Lance as Carson Wentz, a Carson Wentz type quarterback, is uh, is going to help the Vikings enough over the next five or six years? I don't because I'm very out on Carson Wentz, um, and I know he had look he he shredded his knee when he was playing arguably and at an MVP level three years ago, and then Nick Foles steps in and wins them a Super Bowl. But I his accuracy has issues. He's very mobile, which is nice, but yeah, I have, I have big questions about his decision-making and I, I would have big trepidations about that. And when I talked to Thor Nystrom on Friday on purple daily, he thinks he's more, he thinks Trey Lance is more in the like 13 to nine range. He doesn't really put him as number six on a big board. The Vikings um, would gladly reach then. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, exactly. It'd be like vintage. It'd be vintage. And I, told, I asked him that too. I was like, you know, like, is he really, you know, the number six guy on the big board? And he said, you know, like if, I was doing a big board. I probably had him like 10 to 13. Now he, he still lists him as like the third quarterback off the board, uh, the BYU kid. And then the Florida quarterback went blank on too. Uh, he, but by the way, uh, Zach Wilson is the BYU quarterback okay. just to give Zach Wilson some name credit. So we don't, all three of us refer to him as the BYU kid, the BYU the kid. <laughs> um, so I, he, he projects that they'll probably be three or four quarterbacks taken in the first round. And Kyle Trask is the guy at Florida too, that, that could be kind of rounding things off. But I would bet that someone like Lance or Trask are most likely not week one starters and probably a little bit of projects. 
the kids played one game um, this year, which really concerns me. If, if he is Carson Wentz, do I take him? Are, are you saying top 10? If I have a top 10 pick, which they probably should. Yeah, probably not. Look, here's my thing now. Okay. I'm 50. I'm about to turn 51. I'm sick of go. I'm sick of looking at really good QBs and then going to say, you know what? I'm going to go out on the street though and get a knockoff QB because it looks just like it looks just like the real purse. I'm going to have that knockoff QB and he's going to be. You're going to be surprised at my knockoff QB, which I which I got in Chelsea. Look at my knockoff quarterback. Okay, are you saying that when you when you draft Trey Lance, that's going to be some guy in like fake Oakleys and a trench coat opening up his trench? Okay, hey, you want to hey yes, Christian Ponder was too. I'm so you 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 want you want a Skolex? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'm so sick of this. I, I, honest to God, like go get the real thing. Go shopping and get the real. The Wilfs will spend, okay? The Wilfs will spend. This is going to be. This is going to be a competition of assets and what I could give to get up to get a one of what we consider to be the top two QBs. All right. I mean, Kirk Cousins literally was in Soho on a on on a big table and they said oh, look, but look at this cousins i mean this is a knockoff of a really good qb and the vikings again are like oh you're right exactly we'll pay top dollar out here for that no go inside and go shopping at the real store go to macy's or whatever the store is and buy the real quarterback that's my point is let's talk about accumulating the proper assets to get up and by the way so there's a lot of teams that stink right but there are teams that stink that are going to have really good draft picks who don't need quarterbacks. Case in point is the Dolphins through Houston. Houston's awful. Houston does not care. Uh, their first round pick is going to the Dolphins who have Tua. The Dolphins are going to be a prime team that you are going to have to give a lot to. But I'm fine with that. I'm fine with if you can get Trevor Lawrence or Fields, I am fine with making a decision that, yes, this is going to cost more than we want. But if we're right here, like we're giving ourselves a very good chance to be be right. That's the most important thing, Phil. Like like Lance's Trey Lance might be fine. I don't know. But these are all like, well, we think this and we think that. And he did play one game. He played one game. Um, give me the most sure thing that you possibly can, and I'm on board. I'm glad you brought up the the draft order here because I think that's an, that's another game to play. So so things that you're rooting for as a Vikings fan, even though the Vikings season is basically over, you're rooting for uh, you're scouting for quarterbacks on Saturdays. But here's the other things you're rooting for because ideally you'd want to clear out as many quarterback needy teams as possible from the list in front of you, right? So let's start with the, let's say the draft order stays the same here. All right, let's say the Vikings they stay at six. And the teams above them remain Miami via Houston, Atlanta, Jacksonville, and then both New York teams. So we'll start at the top. You're rooting for Sam Darnold to show signs of life in the second half of the season because then it will make the Jets much, much less likely to take Trevor Lawrence. I think that ship has probably sailed at this point. I think I think if you're if you're going to fire everybody – and you're going to bring in a new front office and a new coach, and they decide we want Trevor Lawrence, then I think you're probably going to you're going to wind up trading Sam Darnold for like a third round pick or something. Um, I think you're rooting for Danny Dimes on the other on the other uh, New York team. He's having a big going second out partying. Half. Would they cut bait on on Daniel Jones with Justin Fields staring him in the face? I think their GM uh, Gettleman might be in trouble. And if the um, Giants blow up their front office, I think Danny Dimes is probably in big trouble. Don't you guys? But those guys, I mean, Donald and, and, and Daniel Jones, 
Those are guys that in a different era of Vikings football, I would say take a flyer. Those are kind of yep. like those have become sort of train wreck organizations and especially Darnold. And those guys are still blue chip talents that aren't that far removed from their high draft stock. But I've sort of moved past that bin at the Vikings grocery store too. We I have. just want the top shelf alcohol. I just right. like, I, I, ju- I don't, I don't want the new thing. Like, no, like, I don't want, want the reclamation the Gucci thing. Like, you want the Gucci bag, and I don't blame you. Buy me 100%. the damn Gucci. I don't want your knockoff. That's yes. not a Christmas present, you cheapo. Yes. Now, if you that here's the thing: if you're drafting sixth, and those guys aren't available, or you don't have enough draft capital to trade up, and now it's Trey Lance or a trade like a third or a fourth round pick for a Sam Darnold, um, I might look to just roster both of those things. I might look to draft a quarterback and trade for a Sam Darnold, so that I can figure out once and for all. Who's my franchise quarterback? Um, the third team on this list, the Jaguars, you're rooting for Gardner Minshew to have a big second half of the season. So they aren't thinking about drafting a quarterback. I would say Atlanta, it depends on how many years they think Matt Ryan has left and where they think they're at. I think it makes more sense for Atlanta to trade Matt Ryan to a team that just needs a quarterback. Like imagine Matt Ryan with the Bears yeah, and how great the Bears could be wow. with that defense and Matt Ryan. and then And then that would open up the door for them to draft a quarterback which would yeah. be bad for the Vikings. Yeah. And, and Miami's not drafting a quarterback. They're um, The Falcons are going to have a new GM as well and coach, so they're going to have to make that decision. But my guess is that what you said is right, that they'll probably try and trade Matt and uh, draft. Uh, but again, this is why you need to, before next Tuesday, accumulate the assets to give yourself a chance to trade up. To but and And it's why I really want Lawrence and his people to say we will not play for the the Jets and to force the Jets hand and you can do it like it's not it's been done it's been done Elway was taken by the Baltimore Colts right and he said he said I've got a choice here if you don't trade my rights I'm going to go play baseball and the Colts are like oh okay cool so if Lawrence says if you draft me I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm go play baseball. They're I'll, like, I'll go play you, baseball too. Kyle, you haven't played baseball. baseball since, it doesn't so like, matter. Like I've played baseball play. since I was 10 years old and I would still play. rather play baseball than the Jets. I'm going to go play for the Timberwolves. They get the number one <laughs> overall pick. I'll just but, I'll do that. But this has to be left in as a part of the equation to make this more chaotic at the top, which I think it could be. And if, if you are the Vikings, you are 100% going to root for chaos because that could help you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right now. Right now, they have Tankathon has uh, Trevor Lawrence going number one. They've got the offensive tackle Sewell from Oregon going to the Giants. They've got the Giants going another year with Danny Dimes, and then Fields going to Jacksonville. So that and then Trey Lance would be the third quarterback off the board with the number six pick. That's how they have it. So be very very is Lance coming here? Then is the six pick the Vikings and Tankathon right now? Yep, yep. Trey Lance coming here at six. Well. Be maybe a bit of a stretch, but and the other question too that, that you can't dismiss here is who is the coach during the draft? Because if the coach is Zim, you know what he's going to do. There's no question in my mind he's going to say we got to get our defense was terrible. Who's the best defensive end? You know that's what he's going to say if he's given the opportunity. And I'm not kidding. I I know it's maddening, but that's what he's going to say. Yeah. So, so many things to be figured out. Uh, we Your weekend appreciate... isn't lost, though, Phil. That's no, the most important thing here. Saturday, Sunday, red zone. I'm rooting for every <laughs> bad team there was. Like the Jets, I'm like, they got a chance. The Bills aren't good today. It is. And it's like, I, I know that there's still some Vikings fan stragglers that are like, like, you guys, like, you're rooting for losses. You're so negative. No, like, 
we should almost have a disclaimer before every one of these shows and segments, including on Purple Daily should just have a disclaimer at the beginning of it, every single episode that says the mission statement for this show is to help the Vikings win a Super Bowl, period. And then you can never come at us and say that we're being too negative. Well, you want to trade Harrison Smith? Yeah, because he could net you a second round pick that helps you win a Super Bowl at some point. That's the mission statement here. We're here to help. All right. That's all we're trying to do. And encourage. We're encouraging you. We're encouraging you to watch more football. (laughs) Forget the pumpkin patch. Forget the apples. Tell the kids to go play out in the front yard or backyard. I don't care where the kids go. Watch more football. I'm quarantined for the next two weeks, so I got nothing but sports and and TV watching. It's the only thing I can do for the next 14 days. All right, Declan, your assignment is to let's let's get past Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Legit assignment for you if you can figure out how to do it. Okay. We want you to watch Kyle Trask from Florida and Zach Wilson from BYU. Go watch okay. like I love it. If you can find the all tw- <laughs> if you can find the all 22, I know that you're not a professional scout but like we don't care. If That's you fine. can if you can go find the all 22 of Kyle Trask, uh we're here for it. We'll we'll I mean, give you 20 minutes to lay out what you've seen. I mean, given my love for quarterbacks such as Kevin Cobb, John David Booty, and Blake Bortles, I mean, what could go wrong? You know, like what what could what could go wrong with me watching those guys and giving my opinions on them? I don't see anything that could go wrong with it. Yeah, your scale from from like your scale of one to ten, the ten would be like what you thought about Josh Freeman before the Monday night game. <laughs> John right. David Booty would be like your seven. <laughs> so we can have the Declan scale of scouting. The Declan scale of scouting. Just- Tell tell them you're happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. tell them you're uh, really, happy, really to happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here, Josh. Yeah. Tell them you love the color purple. Tell them you'll throw the ball into the upper deck at Giant Stadium. They'll yeah. never believe it. It's you true. Fifty three passes in your first start with the Vikings. His Uncle Rico impression. Oh, throw this football over the fourth deck. That's right. Uh, all right. So uh, a quick cheap plug for Purple Daily. You can find daily Vikings conversations on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Also in audio form every day on Apple, Spotify and scornorth.com. Quick pause and then we'll come back and we'll dive a little bit more into the Gophers underwhelming debut to the 2020 season. Mackie and Judd Gophers opener against Michigan. I was all very excited. Game day was in town for the second straight home game. Super pumped up to watch PJ Fleck push this thing forward. And instead, it was a khakis list, John khakis and cleats list, John, Jim Harbaugh, who uh, who put the beat down on the Gopher. So, Judd, get, I know you and Chip did a deep dive yesterday. Your conduits of trouble version of Mackie and Judd. So, give me a quick summary of what you guys talked about yesterday and where you stand. And then I've got takes on this. Okay, um, we basically started off by both saying that we were not surprised that the Gophers lost. It was going to be a, we thought it was going to be a good, close, competitive game. Uh, that the Gophers had a good chance to win the game, but the fact that they lost was not surprising. How they lost, um, not only surprising, but d- disturbing. The defense was expected to be certainly different and growing, um, but a Michigan offense that is chipped pointed out Phil Mackey had a bunch of new parts itself first time starting quarterback offensive line changes receiver who opted out so he didn't play when they get 481 yards against you and basically put a beat down on you that was very at least for me remindful of um, the last game that Rob Smith was the DC for uh, for Fleck in 2018 Mm -hmm. against Illinois and of course he got fired that game was on a Saturday and he got fired the next Sunday that's disturbing the offense wasn't really to blame for the loss, but they certainly didn't help. 
the, the fact that the right side of your offensive line was gone was a factor. Uh, the one thing I will say this, the one thing, and I got a tweet about this uh, sh- shortly after the show with Chip was posted yesterday. I got the boy for a first game when they hadn't played and practiced a lot. You guys were sure hard on the Gophers. And my response back was this. Uh, if Michigan had played three games, I would agree we were too hard on the Gophers. But Michigan hadn't just played. They were both playing for the first time. And and this goes back to our Vikings discussion about co- quarterbacks to me. The great thing about what Fleck has done here and Gopher football as a whole is expectations now are higher. And they should be higher. And look, you're going to lose games. Michigan's a good program. We all get that. But, um, but before I turn the conversation in your direction just keep in mind if the michigan kicker had been competent the final score of that game would have been 58 i believe to 24 um being blown out like that at home was disturbing to see is the season done absolutely not you've got back-to-back games now no but i'm just saying you you got back-to-back games coming up now that you can definitely win Maryland's a a dumpster fire, Illinois after that. So look, there are winnable games, but there's no getting around the fact that what we saw on Saturday, if you weren't surprised by how one-sided that game was, then you are an old school golfer fan who has not truly raised his or her (laughs) expectation. So, all right. So that's, I don't disagree with a lot of what you say. Actually, it's funny. I, the thing I actually disagree with the most is you, you, know, you're, you brought a positive array of sunshine at the end of your, uh, your takedown. You said, but the season's not over yet. And I would look at that defense and say, boy, I mean, yeah, can they beat Maryland? Yes. Like, can they be, there, there's, there's going to be like three or four teams on this schedule that your defense doesn't have to be the purple people eaters, the, uh, steel curtain, like, you're going to probably score enough points and you're going to win a game much in the same fashion as Michigan beat the Gophers on Saturday. But the defense is a problem and you lose that many players that it's, it's a, this is where your, your greatest strength becomes your greatest weakness. And that one of the greatest strengths of PJ Fleck is recruiting and developing. And you saw it at Western Michigan and, and they did all of those things defensively to the tune of sending a handful of players to the NFL. And and I think Antoine Winfield's going to be an NFL star before his career is over. And so that's great. You want that to happen. It's been a long time since we've seen the top-end NFL-caliber talent all over the field flourishing as we have. I think back to some of those Glenn Mason teams, it was mostly offensive talent, where there was one year, I think it was like 2003, where they had three NFL running backs, they had NFL tight end in Matt Spath, and they had uh, they had Setterstrom. They had a couple offensive linemen who went to the NFL. And it's it's definitely been that long since we've seen this amount of NFL talent just up and down. There might have been a Jerry Killier in there. But here's the thing. We're not looking for just one pop-up season in Minnesota. We I think I think I speak for most of us when I say that there are two main challenges for PJ Fleck when he took this job. Number one was take the program to a new height. So he did that last year. That's the that's the loftiest the Gophers football team has been basically since 1960, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Lou Holtz did a good job in the 80s for a couple of years. They didn't. They weren't that good. Glenn Mason did a good job for a couple of years, uh, was, was good, sustained good for about 10 years. He never reached the height that P.J. Fleck did last year. Jerry Kill was sustained good for like six years, never as lofty as 
going to a New Year's Day bowl game, uh, not only beating a Penn State team in the regular season, but then beating an Auburn team on New Year's Day. So step one was accomplished, and that's awesome. Step two is the harder step. Step two is sustain that level or close to it of success and really get this program in a new place, in a Wisconsin place, above where Iowa has been. Like To me, that's the expectation, and I don't think there's anything. It's, it's not like we're sitting here and, and you've got uh, you know, some small-town school in some rural area of America that no one cares about, and you're trying to recruit kids. Like It's not that hard of a place to recruit when you have a new practice facility and a great city and professional opportunities and a coach that knows what he's doing, right? And so um, do I think that that loss against Michigan wiped out all of the potential of sustained success? No, but I think it highlighted you're not just going to be able to flip a switch and turn a roster over and and magically have the new players step in and be as good as the old players. It's going to take work and it's going to take probably even better recruiting than PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck has already raised the bar for recruiting, but it's going to take even better recruiting to make sure that the guys who step in are also potential NFL players. And and when I look at this loss to Michigan, I think, well, that's a really disappointing defensive effort. Um, and it's not something I think they're going to be able to clean up in the middle of the season. Like, do I think they're going to allow 50 points basically in every game? No. Um, but uh, on the flip side, I look at Michigan and I see a team that probably has underachieved greatly compared to its level of talent the last several years. Michigan regularly has top 10, top 15 recruiting classes, and they're losing two, three, four games a year. And some of the teams that are in and around them in recruiting, a lot of these SEC powerhouse teams are, are off competing for national championships. So we might also be seeing Michigan just living up to their expectations for the first time in a while. And the Gophers were just a victim on that path. So I guess long point longer. And just to sum it up for you, I watched that game and thought, okay, like the Gophers are going to score some points. Um, it doesn't mean that like they're going to go, you know, three wins in the big 10 season, but I think it, ends their chances of playing in the Big Ten championship game. And I think it ends any discussion about, boy, can they go from where they were last year and maybe take a step forward? There's clearly going to be some sort of step back. And then if P.J. Fleck is still around in 2021-22, can they leverage these good recruiting classes and keep pushing it forward? That's the type of game to me that you have to be now with, with the newfound expectations for the program. You have to be competitive and consistently like that. That was a uh, classic Gophers circa 1994, like whacker, like defense. It was mm-hmm. awful. And so I, I just, I don't want to hear people defending the Gophers because to defend them is to say that they can't be good, which I don't think is fair. And we saw last year, the beginnings of something where, where short of maybe the Buckeyes, because uh, they're just so good, but short of the Buckeyes, I think every team that you play in this conference, if you lose by more than, let's say, 10 points, 15 points, it's surprising. I mean, mm-hmm. and that what that was for for Michigan to come in here and to blow your drawers off that badly was surprising, disappointing. And by the way, too, and I, I brought this up to Chip Phil. Can we please stop with our with with the teams in this town, football teams in this town, getting off to good starts? If you're going to be blown out, the Vikings to the Vikings 2017 conference championship game, right in Philly, drawers blown off. But what was the first touchdown? 
Rudolph for a touchdown. Oh my gosh, they're competitive. <laughs> Wisconsin, TCF Bank Stadium last year. I think it was a deep touchdown pass to Bateman. Is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. Gophers get off to this hot start. Oh my God, look at this. Saturday night, block punt. Oh, the Gophers have come to play. This is going to be outstanding. Can we, if you're going to get your drawers blown off, can you please just get, get them blown off? It's like you tease us first. Yeah. You're you're the cute girl at the other Dude. end of the bar who who's like, hey, what's going on? And then you're like, oh, hi. And she's like, well, you're an idiot, though. And then you get COVID. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. Exactly. And then the next thing you know, you're spitting in a cup. <laughs> Declan, just make sure that next time you you aren't sharing your Corona hard seltzer yeah, cans with we'll the do. women who have COVID. Okay, we'll that's do. not even we'll that, that's not part of your contract, Declan. <laughs> not yet. No, never. Not yet. COVID protection. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, these hot starts they drive me crazy. <laughs> well, think about think about the first half of that Gophers game. So they block a punt, they go right down, they score a touchdown, and it's like, and you're thinking, oh man, this is they're going to get Jim Harbaugh fired. This is like. <laughs> This is the state where football teams, at the very least, get opposing coaches fired. And by the by, the end of the half, not by the end of the game, by the end of the half, they were so desperate and realized that they were so outmanned defensively that they're trying desperation fake punts themselves to try and spark something, right? And like you, like you were at the game and we were texting and you said, well, what about that fake punt? I said, honestly, like, I think they felt just so overwhelmed by what Michigan was doing offensively. They thought the only way for us to win this game is to pull some sort of a rabbit out of our hat, whether it's right now or in the second half, because there's no way. I think at the time they were, I think they were down by 17 at the time. Yeah, it sounds right. Something like that. They were down by like two and a half or three scores or whatever it was. It was trending the wrong way. Yeah. And, and, and PJ flex doing math in his head and he's thinking, Okay, like if we get one stop, uh, we're still down. If we get like he's thinking, we probably need like well, three stops the rest his, of the game and score punter, every time. His his punter can't punt, and his defense stinks too. How now, hard is it? How hard is it to find? Like I feel like punting and kicking at the U of M outside of Reese Lloyd for a couple of years, it's been a major <laughs> adventure. Right. Like it's one of the biggest campuses in America for God's so sake. You can't just find that. like a soccer player to kick a fifty yarder. Fleck was asked that question during his. Uh, Monday press conference and explained that holding open tryouts now is tough because there's a certain amount of people that could be in like technically the Gophers entourage or bubble. And to, and once a person comes in, they can't go out. And so now it's tough be because Chip and so I you're, both said, so you, so you run the risk out. of having like eight crappy kickers because you let them all in the bubble. And yeah. <laughs> and they've all got the, you know, the vid like Declan, but, but Chip brought up the, the fact that, like, why not try? Like, go find soccer players or something. Yeah, the guy punted twelve yards, and I felt bad for him. Dude, it, it was it was super windy. In fairness, I... question for you: In two thousand twenty, and I, I asked Chip this uh, yesterday as well. In two thousand twenty, if you are faced with a predicament in which you either completely don't trust your defense or your punter stinks, Phil Mackey. Now, so I'm not saying ten years back. Do you try a fake? punt where you snap to the up back or i think it was like th- uh fourth and four do you just go for it and, and like trust hey look if we get it we get it if we don't we don't but we're not good we're not going to be cute here we're actually going to leave our most competent players who get yards on the field to try to get yards yeah 
Yeah, so it was, what was it like a fourth and five, fourth and four? Yeah, I think it was something like, four, something like that. See, if it's that, I'm running a play. I've got a, I've got an NFL, I've got a top ten draft pick wide receiver, and I've got one of the more, I was going to say one of the more steady, reliable quarterbacks. He also had like one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen a Gopher quarterback throw in that game, but I still trust Tanner Morgan. Um, I just run a play now. If it's fourth and eight or fourth and ten, and they're not expecting it. And, and I've got something that we've been practicing and I've got in my tool bag. Okay. But um, I would just, yeah, I wouldn't, if, if I've now, if I, if I can't move the ball, I'm running a fake, but if I'm the Gophers offense and I have an NFL cyborg that I can just throw the ball to like, right. Don't overthink it. That's what I think too. So let's go for it. Um, so I don't know. Like they're, they're going to beat some of these bad teams now. Could, okay. For them to have a chance to play in the big 10 championship game, which is really what the goal was going in. Right. I mean, that would, that's the thing that, that's the thing that they haven't done yet. It's the step beyond what they did last year. They're almost certainly going to have to run the table because, well, I was going to say because Wisconsin is going to be the same old Wisconsin, but although they might be starting a fourth string quarterback this week because yeah, of COVID. That's, this is the difference now. Um, this this D, this whole thing is going to be very in, interesting to see play out because I think you are go- going to have not a lot, but – you're definitely going to have some key players, I think, test positive, don't don't you guys? Because it's not going to be possible. Because Wisconsin, Wisconsin might not even – there's half the teams in the Big Ten that they don't even need a quarterback to beat. They can just run the ball 50 times. Bring back Brooks. Does Brooks have eligibility left? Our guy Bollinger? Come no, back in and make a start. No, but they've cloned him six times since then. <laughs> <laughs> so they have yeah. – actually, they're off this Saturday. Oh, oh. They don't play this Saturday. No, they so play – No, they play – they, they, no, they play. They play Nebraska. They play Nebraska. Oh, uh, Halloween is this Saturday. Got my dates mixed up. So yeah, they have they have Nebraska this Saturday. Okay. Then they have Purdue, Michigan, Northwestern, Minnesota, and then Indiana. Okay, and Nebraska. So, Nebraska hung pretty tough this last weekend for a while for like for like an hour. If, if you've got <laughs> and, then they, COVID, and then they got smoked. If, if you've got COVID, you're out for 21 days. Correct in Big mm-hmm. Ten. I think it's 21 day. So that's the next three weeks of games. So who knows? Okay, so it's yeah, going to so be a bizarre year. Yeah, so the Gophers pretty much have to run the table, stay healthy, and then and then run the table the rest of the way. Get your specialist back. That's the most important thing. Get your specialist. All those six specialists. I don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs> Seriously, they they were down. They were down three specialists. It's super weird. <laughs> the right side of the offensive line was out, but you know what? The defense was the problem. Yeah, you are right. So um, let's jump. You guys want to jump right into things we learned in the NFL this week? Since uh, the Vikings weren't playing and we have more opportunity to observe the other things that were happening. Sunday was such a great day. Such a great red zone day. I was so happy. Can I start here? Because I got one from last night's game, actually. All right. I saw saw this nugget for anyone for anyone who watched that Bears offense last night. And you probably looked like you guys might not get this joke because you've never seen the movie. But uh, the guy at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark who stares at the Ark and his face melts off. I've seen that. That was me watching the Bears offense again last night. <laughs> and uh, something something I learned about the Chicago Bears, according to ESPN stats and information, the Bears now have eight games since 2001 with at least one defensive touchdown and zero offensive touchdowns, which is also the least surprising statistic I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it's, seriously, if somebody were to ask you, hey, which team has the most games where their offense did nothing and their defense did a bunch? And score touchdowns, you'd be like the Bears, right? The Bears, yeah. And so they've done it eight times since two thousand one. Can I make a a? I know it's going to sound 
silly, but can I make a serious suggestion that I think the door is open for the first time seriously since 2010? Nagy is basically, as far as I can tell, a Childress-like clone. Reed coaching tree, offensive coordinator, didn't call plays, right? But he got the job because, oh, my God, he was by by the hand of Andy. And he Love can it. come in, and he's going to be great. He shared he shared an office space with Andy a couple times a week. Nagy, <laughs> Nagy looks like Brad. He sort of talks like Brad. He sort of acts like Brad. For the first time since 2010, I would like to suggest this. Why not make the call to Hattiesburg? Wow. If you're Nagy, you're basically Childress. Make the call to Hattiesburg and see what the gunslinger's up to. <laughs> okay. Who who legitimately, if if you gave him, so the Bears have some cushion. The Bears are five and two still. I don't think they've had their bye, right? So they're going to, they have a bye coming up at some point. So they've got some time. If you gave Brett Favre the playbook and three weeks to put some icy hot on and just warm it up and just like, He's probably in shape because he. Every time oh. we see him, he looks like he's jacked. Right, triathlons wearing that copper fit, ready to go. Oh, he's in really good shape. Yeah, he's fifty years old. He's in great you, shape right now. Yeah. If you gave Brett Favre three weeks to warm it up, 51, I'm not actually. I'm not asking if he would be better than like other starting quarterbacks. Tom Brady. I'm asking, would he be better than the two Bears quarterbacks for the rest of the season? It wouldn't even be close. <laughs> it wouldn't be close. Now, now the one thing is, the one thing is you. You would have to assure him, him of the proper protection. And I think they, they were talking about on the telecast last night. I want to say one of the Bears guards is a former D lineman who got moved to guard, and he was absolutely awful. That makes sense. So you would need to bring in – you would need to get him an, an offensive line that could protect him. But if you gave him just the, just enough time – so I'm not saying all day, right? There is no question that Brett Favre at the age of 51 – and I'm not joking here. I'm not being a smartass – would be a better fit for this offense and would have more success than either Trubisky <laughs> or Foles. Oh. And, and I challenge you, who te- who can tell me I'm crazy? I, I'm here for it, man. They just need like three more wins to get to the playoffs too. So if it goes totally off the rails, they're still going to get in. They're off to too good of a start. Uh, what are some other things we learned, Judd? I love this idea so much. I absolutely love it. Um, okay. I have a question here because I'm not convinced that he's for real, but I'm impressed with what I saw on Sunday. But I will preface this by saying it was against the Bengals, so I'm not going to say, oh, my mm. gosh, Baker Mayfield's great. But but he started the game 0 for 5 with a pick, all right? And we all started tweeting because it's so much fun to tweet live in game. Ah, Baker Mayfield, you know, OBJ, he gets him hurt. Oh, man, this guy, he finishes the game – 22 so after going over five he goes 22 of 23 297 yards uh five touchdowns and the incompletion in the 22 of 23 was a purposeful spike my point being is that was that was intriguing to watch at least it brings up questions about because at times i think that baker might be a complete lost cause and pretty much just a dummy in some ways that was an impressive performance against a not very good team, which I do think is improving. And Burrow is going to be, I think mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is the real yeah. deal for sure. Um, but it, ga- it at least gave me something to think about to see Mayfield come back and be that strong for the rest of that game. Yeah, I still think he's garbage, and I still think I he's a bad leader, and I would swap immediately if I could. And I still think he's the weak link that's holding their entire team back. 
But um, good for him for throwing five touchdowns against the Bengals. I mean, <laughs> it probably saved his job. I mean, you think when he's 0 for 5 and he threw the interception, you don't think Case Keenum's over there getting the old uh, right oh, yeah. shoulder warmed up? I don't think they bench him no matter what unless he gets hurt. I, I think that there's a chance that they would bail on him after the season. Yeah. But I think he, I think he's going to get the entire year to prove that, that he's either Stefanski's guy or not. I don't think bringing Case in fixes a damn thing, too. Like, cause if they if they decide he's not the, the guy, now you, you got to go out and find a guy. Because Case, oh. can't, Case can't well, be if there's someone who guy. might be available via trade in the next week or so. Maybe what, somebody. What about uh, the package of Cousins, Thielen, yes. and Ant Harris? Oh, I got my three. Uh, and you know what? For this short time, <laughs> I'm offering you a great deal on these three players. We'll give you Cousins, Thielen, Ant Harris, and Rob Brzezinski to help figure out the yep. cap. 952-828-6500. Call now for only a short time. What do I have here? It's an Adam Thielen. Oh, my God. He's available. Uh, Dex, what did you learn? Yeah, I had a couple of things written down that you already talked about, too. Can Baker just make up his mind on who he is? Like, for God's sakes, I- I'm – I don't like his characteristics. I don't think he's a very good quarterback either. I'm not ready to bail on him because I think that's premature because he's a Heisman winner. He's a number one overall pick. And and I know, I believe it was Ryan Clark who made the point of, this guy just probably shouldn't have been a number one overall pick and our perception of him probably changes a little bit. So we, were, we wouldn't be as hard on him if he wasn't the number one overall pick. So if he was the 12th or 13th overall pick by Cleveland and he still stepped in when he did his rookie year and played well and played how he is now, I don't think anyone would be as hard as we are, but because he's the number one pick, also because of his attitude, everyone is super hard on him, and rightfully so. I mean, if you're the number one overall pick and you're a Heisman winner, you got expectations, so you have to deliver. Uh, But another one that stood out to me was, I think Jared Jared Goff and the Rams are truly back. And I know that division's super stacked right now, and Jared Goff is basically a better, is like, he's a game manager, but like, I still think that's still to a little bit diet towards him. Like, I think he's a one step above game manager. He's not in the elite top 10 tier gotcha. one tier two quarterback like I think it's too harsh to call him a game manager but he's looked damn good through the first seven games of the year and I think all of us made a huge mistake them and the Steelers sleeping on the Rams uh this season because they look great yeah and then how you think about that division right now uh this is going to be one of mine so I'll throw it out here before I throw my official one out for the next round the Arizona Cardinals came back from the dead in that game against Seattle on Sunday night and that used to be the doormat for years in that division. And Kyler Murray, I don't, I, I don't, just watching Kyler Murray, like, I don't know if I ever put him in the elite, elite quarterback grouping. I don't think he has the same arm as a Russell Wilson size wise. He's probably more prone to an injury at some point. But boy, like, the if you're ranking quarterbacks based on, all right, we got one timeout, we got about a minute and 10 seconds. And we need to go 80 yards and figure it out. He's probably in the five guys I would take right now because he can he can create first downs. And and that's like the weak link in the division. I mean, is are the I would say are the 49ers the weak link in the division. I don't they just they're playing they right just now. shellack the Patriots. Yeah, so really well. that division, we should almost just say one year only NFC East. You guys take a break, take a breather. We're going to put all four NFC West teams in the playoffs and then. You can figure out the other three spots with the other divisions. Go to seedings. Let's just go to seedings, please. But then, but then you almost have to get rid of divisions. Okay, and that gets rid of regional rivalries. I'm willing but, to now. But don't you want the Vikings to play the Packers and the Bears twice? I really do, but I really, but but the league itself has trended so poorly. Like there are so 
many bad teams that divisions reward being awful, and I don't want that. So yes, I, I don't I don't want to get give up um, uh, Steelers, Ravens, Vikings, Packers, Bears, Packers. But if I have to to get this right, I will because I want the best teams. There are so few best teams now. That's my problem. There are so and there's so many just god awful teams that I think you have to find a way to basically start the playoffs by saying we know for a certain that for this year we have the best teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I learned that Judd Zolgad continues to be wrong about the Lions and Matt Patricia back to back road victories oh. over a couple of vaunted <laughs> oh. vaunted opponents, Jaguars oh. and Falcons. Oh. Matt Ryan had a minute and four seconds, no timeout, seventy five yards. Or Matt Matt Stafford, yeah, sixty sixty four seconds, seventy five yards, no timeouts, oh. and that magic right arm brings the Lions back to five hundred on the season. And uh, knocking on the door of the seven seed, baby. The coach is a buffoon, but I will say this. Um, Stafford continued. So if you watch the end of that Lions-Falcons game on Sunday, um, Matthew Stafford continued to show the difference between, and he's not great, but he's good, the difference between him and Cousins, right? 100%. Like that was the drive Cousins can't lead. 100%. That was the drive. And it's like, okay, this is impressive. Okay, also go back and watch that drive. Uh, and and again, I and I'd I'd have to go back and watch the full drive too. But I'm guessing he probably didn't have perfect circumstances all around know. him the entire time. He's he's driving and dictating circumstance, even without being as mobile as a Kyler Murray or a Russell Wilson. He's overcoming it's a novel concept. his head coach and a lot of other things. He's overcoming Detroit. that goofy buffoon. <laughs> so yes, yes. Uh, before we wrap, any other things you guys learned in the NFL this week that are yes, up? yes, a rare mistake by our friends in New England, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They wavered on joining my favorite 2020 club, the Tank Club, and they have joined it too late. Do you mm. remember when the COVID opt-outs hit and Belichick was pleading with players clearly, just go home? Sign the waiver. We'll pay you. Go home. We don't want you because we want to lose. But then he, but then they signed Cam, and Cam started off pretty strong. And we're all like, and rightfully so, all the Patriots don't look bad. Patriots might still be the Patriots or mm-hmm. facsimile thereof, okay? And now the Patriots are a mess, and they stink. And Cam, for the last two weeks or so, has been terrible. Um, in reality, in reality, Bill Belichick, for one of the first times in his coaching life, made a Huge mistake, which should have been opening day. Jared Stidham, the ball is yours, all right? We're going to stink. Let's just stink. Because now it's like the the Patriots are awful right now. And it's sort of like they were like, well, yeah, but but we were going to be good, and then we were going to be bad. And no, join the club. You've joined too late. Join the club when the opportunity presents. The Minnesota Vikings, bravo. You joined the club, and you did it right. Because because I will say this, the Vikings, one and five, correct? The Vikings mm-hmm. at one and five. The one win they couldn't have avoided if they'd wanted to. There's not a bad win yet. Like the one win, Houston is awful and does not care. They were trying to get their coach fired. And they're trying to, yeah, and they quit yeah. on purpose. Yeah. So, so like the Vikings are doing the, a perfect job. The Falcons game, the more I think about it, the game plan, genius. Yeah. The Patriots have joined the club too late. Yeah, it's true. And uh, I was actually pretty shocked when they decided to sign Cam Newton and make a run at this thing, even with like all those guys who opted out. And uh, now it makes sense for Bill Belichick to take that leave of absence I predicted on write that down a few months back. 
I think if Bill Belichick takes a mysterious leave of absence, has an illness of some kind, that's their only way to tank the way that they should. The you rest. Think he's gonna, you think he's he's going go, go COVID diagnosis? I think, he, I think he has to. It's the only way. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah, I like it. So, all right, well, that's a wrap on this episode, a quarantine episode of Mackie and Judd. Uh, Declan Goff, we're hoping that his condition stays the same, which is he still does all of the work. He just has to stay home. Now. <laughs> Hold on a second. I got one more for you. Sure, sure. I believe, I might be wrong, but I believe that my partner, Phil Mackie, was the first to broach this. So I will bring it up again. And it was written about by PFF, a credible publication on Friday. Mike McCarthy in Dallas is in trouble. There's no question about it. He'll, really probably, he'll probably make it through the year, but he's ripping players. Mm-hmm. Players off the record are ripping him. The Zim trade is more alive than ever. The mm-hmm. Zim traded. Think about it. Their 100%. defense is terrible. Jerry Jones loves Zim. Zimmer could actually, I don't know that he'd fix it completely, but he'd give you a fighting chance. He'd come in and he would restore order in that locker room initially very quickly phil your your dream trade i think right now is a is a more um is a topic that we can discuss now more than ever it makes more sense than ever it does it it warrants further discussion at some point but i can also envision bill parcells picking up the phone on behalf of mike zimmer as they're going through this discussion and maybe he already did last year picking up the phone and calling jerry jones and saying listen jerry this is the real deal. Mike Zimmer's got five years left in the tank. He's got nothing going on in his life except for the Instagram girlfriend who, uh, you know, probably just comes over once a week and they hang out, drink some red wine together. Who knows? I think it makes a ton of sense. And I think it's honestly, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to, but it's not going to happen until after the season. Sure. It makes perfect sense. That's okay. It doesn't so, have to. Yeah. And, and the, Vikings, the Vikings can say, listen, like we all wanted this to work. Mike, we just got unlucky this season. For what you know, for, for all of those reasons, we have to move into a rebuilding phase, and we don't want to hang you out to dry. Like you don't want to be riding this rebuilding thing. Let's send you somewhere where you can you have a quicker path, a worse division to rebuilding, and uh, then we, we can get something back for you. You can go win a game and uh, Dak have comes some fun. Back, Dak comes back there, hundred percent. Yep. So, all right. That's worth further discussion at some point. More Vikings discussions on Purple Daily every single day. And we'll see you guys tomorrow for a Write That Down Quarantine Edition. We'll have to figure that out production-wise, but I'm sure we will. So uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.